Maybe seated. We're going to do things a little differently this morning. I know that surprises some of you. Um, but we will, um, we're going to have the scripture within the sermon this morning. So I didn't forget. We will get to that and it will appear on the screen. But we want to welcome everybody again this morning, whether you're in the house, whether you're, whether you're worshiping with us online today or sometime next week. Uh, thank you for being a part of the Good Shepherd family. We spent the last several weeks being gathered up in Jesus. Our theme verse has been the one that we have repeated for the last several weeks, and we find that in Luke chapter 13, 34. And for one more time, let us recite that scripture. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Jesus calls us. Jesus calls us to a deeper faith-filled living as we recognize Christ's loving grace around us. We know that we are never outside of God's unconditional love, no matter how far we wander on the path of righteousness. The recognition allows us to grow closer to God and to deepen our relationship with God to become more committed followers of Christ. As we grow closer, we recognize our need for more Christ, more discipleship, and a deeper connection with the one who loves us more than we can comprehend. After exploring the temptations of Jesus and his responses to the adversary, after examining the images of Jesus that makes Jesus real to us, after being invited by Jesus to live fruitful lives, after searching for something that we already have, after recognizing the extravagance that is demonstrated not in the gifts that we bring to Christ, but in the love that Christ shares with us, we've come to this moment as we celebrate what we call Palm Sunday, anticipating the celebration of the resurrection on Easter morning. But we must realize that we cannot fully appreciate the resurrection without walking the road to Calvary that follows today's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We cannot sustain our faith going from celebration to celebration without being acquainted with the Savior who understands our suffering and sorrows because of His own suffering and sacrifice. The Savior who celebrates and suffers is the Savior who gathers us and redeems us. This same Savior is the one who, as I heard it said this week, reminds us that we are an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. We are defined by Jesus' sacrifice and this gift of eternity. This faith-filled journey all begins with an informal gathering of faithful followers waving their branches and spreading their cloaks as they welcome their King of Kings. Today, we stand at the entrance to Jerusalem, waiting to see what happens next. We see the approaching throng, followed by a man on a beast of burden. We hear shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does it mean? Who is this man? then we realize it's Jesus. Is now the time for his kingdom to break forth? Is now the moment for Jesus to declare himself the Messiah? Now many events led up to this moment. 
a baptism with a heavenly declaration in the descending dove, an announcement that ancient scriptures were being fulfilled in a synagogue outside of town. The moment could have begun in that moment of transfiguration as Jesus and the fathers of our faith were illuminated in the presence of the next generation of faithful disciples. We could all probably argue that it began with an angelic announcement in in the town of Bethlehem as, as God entered the world as a baby. Or maybe this moment began even at the onset of creation. This moment, this moment whenever it began will culminate in, in the ultimate death on a cross and a glorious resurrection. But not yet. After he said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come to near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent, his, sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would cry out. This moment, this moment set in motion by this impromptu parade of Jesus' pronouncement, that time has now come for his identity to be made known. There was no more, don't tell anyone, or it's not my hour. Time is now ready for the revelation. According to our scripture reading today, Jesus orchestrated an elaborate drama and a detailed scavenger hunt, complete with clues and symbols that puts any amazing race episode to shame. The cult he arranged symbolizes purity and peace. The branches acknowledged his authority. The path strewn with his cloaks recognized the the presence of a prince. And the chant, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, was a traditional welcome to a new king. The crowd's response, Hosanna, meaning save us, confirmed his recognition of just who Jesus was and what he had come to do. The scene we just read about is, is only part of today's story. While the crowds gathered shouting praises to their newly recognized king, there were others present who were not as thrilled with this declaration. Some of the Pharisees, according to Luke, were in the crowd and and they did not like what they heard. They feared an uprising, the beginning of the end of their cushy way of life. The Pharisees wanted the crowd to stop making a scene to dispel any trouble their actions were creating. Luke's version of this event leaves out the Hosanna. 
but it alone records Jesus' response to the Pharisees' request of the crowd to quieten down. Jesus says, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. We are those stones. We are the ones who shout. So let's ask ourselves this morning, where are we in this crowd? Are we shouting Hosanna? Are we questioning who this man is? Are we wishing the crowd would hush so, so as not to agitate the authorities? Are we going to join this crowd or just get out of the way? While we decide our answers, we hear Jesus say, It's time. Time to get this show on the road. Time for his purpose to be revealed and completed. Time to be gathered up in a in new reality, in the new thing, in the new way of loving and living, in the new hope that Christ gives. It's our choice. Or we can choose to sit by and let the Savior pass us by. The choice is ours alone to make. As we hear the passion narrative, may we continue to ask the question, where are we in the crowd? And these are excerpts that are found in Luke 22, 14 through 23, 56. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with them. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Before I tell you, I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to the one by whom he is betrayed. And they began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. He came out and went, as as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said, Pray that you might not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw that it, that it was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike up a sword, with a sword? Then one of them struck a slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. He touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who came for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? They kept heaping many other insults on him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council. They said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. He replied, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I question you, you will not answer. 
But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You say that I am. Then he said, What further testimony, then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as, as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah and king. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered, You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priest in the crowd, I find no basis for this man for an accusation against this man. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, you, bought me, you brought me this man as one who was perverting the people, and here I have examined him in your presence and have not found the man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore give him, have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted together, Away with this fellow! Release Barabbas for us! This is the man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, again addressed them. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I therefore will have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud voices that that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict, and their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for and the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Then Jesus crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Let the question, where are you in the crowd, remain with us this week as we walk with Jesus through the Passover meal and the Last Supper with his friends. Let this question echo in your minds as we stand helplessly by through the mockery of a trial and watch with horror the crucifixion. We began today with shouts of Hosanna and we will end the week with cries to shout our Savior, to crucify our Savior. We must walk this journey with Jesus. We must walk this journey with Jesus in order to better understand the depth of his sacrifice for us. 
We must walk this journey with Jesus so we can better appreciate God's love for us. We must walk this journey with Jesus so that the miracle of the resurrection will be more firmly implanted in our hearts. So today, as we celebrate the entrance of the King into Jerusalem, let us take a moment. Let us close our eyes and take in the scene before us. It's not by chance that we are here. We are in the crowd. We are in the crowd because we remember who we are and whose we are. Hopefully, our hearts have been reshaped, repaired, and redirected in this season of Lent. We are now prepared to enter the final days of Lent, to walk with Jesus. Remember his final days and endure the heartache, passion, and horror of his death. As we sit here on Palm Sunday, we may be thinking, what are we doing here? We should hear Jesus saying, because I need you. Jesus needs each and every one of us here today as much as he needed that cult of antiquity on that special afternoon. The question for us today becomes, Are we ready to carry the weight of the gospel beyond the parade into the overwhelming places of darkness and death? The gospel of Luke's emphasis is not on the waving signs of victory, on paradise or the fertile ground or new life, but on the deep reverence and subversiveness as cloaks are spread on the ground. As we lift our palms today, our our hearts will swell to the highest highs as we join the parade with shouts of joy and blessing. The excitement of the parade grows as our crowd accepts Jesus. But let us remember the reality that is the celebration of Jesus, that it will soon fade and our hearts will slip into despair as Jesus is rejected. As we enter the holiest of weeks, and, a, and time slows to a crawl. There's space to lament and to struggle, and there's space for sorrow. We will walk through betrayal and unanswered prayer into darkness and death. Yet, yet we know this is not the end of the story. We know we must walk through this valley to appreciate the mountaintop. Today we celebrate love incarnate, who came to live and work and dance among us. May may we remember the story continues. May we prepare our feet to follow the upcoming week's path with a hope that is stronger than despair, a light that is stronger than darkness, and a love that is stronger than death. Amen.
to God for all God has done for each of us. May we leave this place taking the love of God with us and sharing it to the world. Amen.